fucks up everything. Before we cut into the cranberry sauce, sink into the stuffing and tuck into the turkey. The only appropriate main course for a Thanksgiving dinner, a fact widely agreed upon by the reasonable and upstanding members of society. We've got to talk about the Blues. What is this team and what are they trying to become? And who is going to help them become what they're becoming? And also, what the hell was New Jersey thinking with the New Jersey, New Jersey jerseys? It's a lot to cover. So let's get started and let's gobble, gobble, gobble. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys One Cup podcast. It is Wednesday, November 24th, which means tomorrow is Thursday. It could be Thanksgiving by the time we finish this episode. It probably won't be, but if we go super long, (laughs) two and a half hours, we'll tip the scale in that direction. Uh, Ian is joining me by Zoom. He refused to be in the same room as me. but um, he's here. Ian, how are you doing tonight after that disappointing performance? You know, I am doing I'm doing great. I'm Good. I'm doing great despite that performance. You know what? The blues can't drag my Thanksgiving spirit down. <laughs> he's got a lot to be thankful for, but none of it is a blues win against <laughs> the Detroit Red Wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. But there are so many other things to talk about. And the first thing I want to talk about, Ian, is randomly the magic house. <laughs> I, <laughs> it does exist. I, uh, so my, my sweet, adorable, perfect niece, Athena, uh, is about to turn two. She was born on um, November 27th of uh, almost two years ago. See, that's how that works. Um, <laughs> and which I suppose means her birthday. Actually, I looked this up right before the podcast. So I was curious, her sixth birthday will be on Thanksgiving. And I assume many birthdays after that. But in any case, uh, we had her party with family last week and uh, her parents, my brother and sister-in-law invited us to the magic house. That place is not a house. If you live in that place and call it a house, you are the 1%. You are the 1%. (laughs) That place is gigantic. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I know I drive past it in Kirkwood and I think this place is pretty big, but like a lot of the direction is depth too, you know? Mm. And it's just so friggin' big. I mean, it's cool. There's a lot of cool stuff. I'm not gonna, I'm not even gonna sit here and pretend to you I didn't play with all this stuff myself, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, I'm not, I, I walked around saying, oh yeah, this is all for Athena, but it wasn't for Athena. It was for me anyway, and it was for me. <laughs> I was I, the one enjoying <laughs> I feel like you can only go there, though, if you have, like, kids, right? It feels very, right. Oh like, yeah, I can't I'm just walk around. in. Yeah. If I'm walking around, I feel like they're like, oh, his kid's somewhere else. Like, yeah, I don't right. just walk in and walk out alone they're like no thank there, you there are some things we there's like a mo- replica oval office that's really cool that we got <laughs> pictures in and stuff but like which i don't think of as being like super for kids but i gotta tell you i didn't even see uh the electric ball thing which is like mm. the one thing i think of when i think of the magic house and i'm not just i'm not just saying i didn't see it because the line was too long i'm saying i literally have no idea where in that building oh, no. that thing is i hope it's still it, there 
Do they have, must do they have be. old it's stuff still there, though? I'm sure you saw, it is. like, other stuff from our childhood there? I'm sure. I mean, yeah, I'm sure it all is. It's all in there. That place it's is all... huge. It's gigantic. <laughs> Oh man! But uh, it was a lot of fun, you know. It was we had good times. So I went to Mod Pizza for the first time. Shout out Mod mm. Pizza! I'm not creative enough to create my own wacky <laughs> pizza. I just got one of the pre-created ones, but you know. Uh, uh, you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying my shout out this guy's uh, cheese pepperoni. No, that'll be it for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Would you like any sauce on top? Yeah, I mean, I'd like pizza sauce. Yeah, oh, drizzle on top of your pizza? No, no, God. No, no thank no, you. Absolutely. Just a not. standard pepperoni pizza, please. <laughs> Just a one shot pepperoni, as they call it back where I'm. <laughs> um, it was, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a good day. And and tonight we did uh, we did our family Thanksgiving celebration tonight because my sister-in-law works tomorrow, and that was fun. It was a good time all around. But I'll tell you who's not having a good time, Ian, and that is the social media department of the New Jersey Devils. Mm. Those poor guys. They didn't have, they didn't do this. They didn't deserve this. This is not their thing. fault. <laughs> it's not their crime. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't plan shit. Uh, uh, Ian, I'm going to go out on a limb. And I'm going to say this is truly one of the worst jerseys I've ever seen. Like, truly, truly one of the worst. This makes the Winnipeg Jets third jersey look like a classic hockey sweater. This This makes the Fisherman jersey seem iconic this is so it's like trying so hard to be unoffensive and it's still mm-hmm. so deeply offensive that's why I, mean. I feel like it's failing on like so many fronts from like thing, all different fronts it's not getting it the thing that's crazy to me too is like you a lot of times something like this will leak and it'll just be like on a hanger in a weird closet in some guy's studio apartment you're like first of all how did the one prototype even get there you know but like <laughs> So, we, you know, we got that kind of grainy, crappy footage. And so, of course, it looks better on Jack Hughes and Martin Brodeur than it, it does, just it does. hanging on a coat hanger. But it still looks so bad. What are your thoughts about it? Tell us oh, your thoughts. Man, it's it's grown on me ever so slightly in that and first one, like you said, when it was on the hanger, it looked terrible. And now when it's on mm. players, I'm like, okay, there's a whole get up and everything. But, I mean, it just says Jersey on it i get people say they're from jersey when you're from new jersey i under, i understand that i get that that can be a thing but it doesn't mean that makes sense for your literal hockey jersey i just can't imagine they said we'll put jersey on it. well that's what it's called wouldn't that be kind of weird and everyone's like nope not not weird at all <laughs> let's, just, let's, <laughs> let's let's go with that um it also looks very familiar there's been uh side by sides all the side by sides on twitter of this next to the Blackhawks black and white jersey from the Winter Classic, like, uh-huh. I don't know, five or six years ago. They're very similar. I think maybe the Blackhawks has like a few more stripes at the bottom. But other than that, and other than like the crest across the front, uh, they're the same. Uh, I mean, I don't know. You, I feel like if you, you take some stripes off this, you add a little bit more red to it. Um, and you put like a different logo on the front. I think that's what gets me actually is the fact that they did script. First of all, I hate, I hate script. Like yeah. just put a logo on there. I know, I know who you are. I get it. It's fine. I think Jeff, our friend Jeff put it best that script is for baseball teams and like high school teams or whatever. Like you just, yeah. cause you don't know that. And baseball's baseball, it's history. Uh, there's a lot of history behind that. So 
I just don't like script baseball. People are always talking about their history. (laughs) There are some other script history in baseball. (laughs) Um, I just, I feel like this is the easy way out. They go, we're not going to make a brand new logo. That could be too crazy. So we're just going to, we're not going to use the same old logo because that's boring. So we're just going to go like halfway, which is the worst. And we're just going to do like a script thing, which stinks too. Mm -hmm. Um, There's just a lot of like space at the bottom because it's so, you know, it's, it's so vertical or so vertical, so horizontal Jersey across the middle towards where the chest is. And there's just all this black space. And uh, I don't know. And then Martin Broder uh, supposedly designed this, which means like, I, did he draw it on a napkin? And then they brought his exact uh, <laughs> drawing to life. Did they go through some, you know, designers that, you know, got to say like, no, Martin, that'd be silly. Uh, here, let us help you. If they helped them, if they helped him and it got to this point and this is the better version, I want to see his version. Yeah. Because that thing's got to be atrocious. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, both, well, it's both too much and too little. I think that's overall how I feel. It's both too much and too little. Yeah, I agree. That's a good way to put it. I saw someone describe it as like the jersey you would see someone wear in like uh, like a New Amsterdam vodka commercial. Like somebody who was, <laughs> you know, somebody who was like doing a hockey ad, but they couldn't license an NHL jersey or chose oh, yeah. not to license an NHL jersey. <laughs> Uh, I thought that was a pretty fitting description. And we talk, we talk about this all the time, uh, but just to harp on it again, this whole stuff about like the 21 right white stripes represent the 21 soldiers that were left from Suffolk County and never returned the, <laughs> the, the fight nice skaters, as they call them, the 25th, the 21st battalion and the 21st army and the 21st infantry, whatever. Like, I know I butchered all those uh, army terms. Please don't sue me gift, Jeff. But the point is like, I'm just so sick. Like, like you said on Twitter, like maybe, maybe focus on making a cool Jersey. Mm-hmm. and start there, you know, and then like, then if you want to assign some special little touches and stuff, cool, whatever, you know, mm. but the the one that really offends me here is like, they've got a little crawl, like a little um, netting kind of design on the actual laces at the top of the Jersey. And mm. that's Ian, that's because their greatest player was a goalie. And so the, <laughs> the, the laces represent goalies. Because, I hope Berger put that in there specifically. And this yeah, represent I'm, me I bet he I'm did. the goat. I bet he did. I am the goat. I am the greatest blues goalie of all time. <laughs> um, the touch, the having the, having the, um, Stanley Cup years on the collar is cool. That I feel like a lot of That's these neat. teams are putting their coolest features on the inside collar <laughs> that nobody can see. But um, yeah, it's just a big swing and a miss for me. And speaking of jersey swings and misses, the Olympics jerseys are out and they are terrible. Would you agree that they're terrible? Yeah, I, I mean, think the I think the Canada home one is okay. I don't I'm, love the design of the maple leaf, um, but otherwise it's like fine. Are the homes and, the whites? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say the USA one, the USA white one. I'm like, okay, this looks fine. This, yeah. this feels okay. But yeah, those other ones, those two alternates for like both countries are just rough. I don't know. I want to like the Canadian ones. I like that they're trying something. 
change the the leaf so it's not so prism-y. I don't know. Yeah. Take some of those lines out. I think it was Greg Wyshynski and probably somebody else that he was like tweeting back to was basically saying that like it looks like the butthole of a turkey turned mm-hmm. around at you and now that's all I see. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> I I kind of like that they have different colors. Like they have a black one. And they have mm-hmm. like their red one has black accents, but I'm also kind of like, you guys don't have like black in your, in your flag. Part of yeah. me is sort of like, just keep it to the colors of your flag more or less. Um, um, the USA ones, the white ones are right. The Navy one is fine, but like the, the, you know, the Royal blue line they have going to the top USA sort of bleeds into like the Navy blue background. And then mm-hmm. the, the Royal blue one, is kind of neat, except for it looks like Finland's like national team it jersey. Does, so yeah. I just think like, oh, it's been <laughs> here comes Finland. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I I think USA jerseys should almost always just look like um, the New York Rangers jerseys. Just take yep. Rangers off of the front and put USA or America. whatever <laughs> America. Yeah, I guess you need like a longer one and. And, and you're golden. Like, I think those colors, everything, that's perfect. And then Canada's jerseys from, like, 20, I think 2010, I think 2014 mm-hmm. were good, too. These are these are a little much, but it's not, I don't know, it's not terrible, but they're just, they're kind of uninspired when I think this is what you're going to wear to represent your whole country in, this, in the, you know, the height of the sport. And we're going to, you're going to wear, like, this weird, like, Tron jersey. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean it's nothing. They aren't. They certainly aren't hideous like the uh, Jersey Jersey jerseys, but they're pretty bad. You know? New Jersey going to Jersey. That's the other thing I was going to say about the New Jersey jerseys was that like it's only teams that don't really have a history, which is weird because New Jersey has a history. But it seems like most teams that just don't really have much of a history will like harken back to all these old hockey teams that came before them in the area they play. And all this mm-hmm. other BS because they got to like root themselves in this city. Like whenever the Blues have come out with like their Winter Classic jerseys, they're never like these big videos or like you know for built on the foundation of like blue collar workers or whatever. <laughs> they just are like, here's a jersey. Remember, it looks like the old one they used to wear, and people are like, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then now we got another version of the old one they used to wear. Like yeah, like the Blackhawks never release a jersey and go like on the bedrock on which Chicago was built on the Michigan <laughs> fucking lake. They're like, no, it's another one. It's another one of what you want. And people go, yeah. <laughs> You're right. It's, it's just, like people aren't asking for that. It's cool. It's cool. I like when if there's little touches. It's yeah, exactly. It's cool if it's authentic, hmm. but when you force it, it feels very forced naturally, you know, I'm like, yeah. um, I think that's been the problem with a lot of these is they're like, well, we got to get 21 stripes on there because of whatever. And it's yeah, like, yeah. But that doesn't look good that you're forcing like 15 extra stripes on the appointment <laughs> has meaning, you know, Minnesota wild winter classic jerseys. Yeah, right. that's exactly. They come out with that and they go, here's all this Minnesota symbolism. And the blues are like, ours is off white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, yeah. <laughs> That's so true. Uh, fun fact, Ian, did you know that the Arizona Coyotes have not lost in regulation since they beat us? They I, I, are. I learned that the other day. They won against us, obviously, on the 16th, uh, lost to Columbus in the shootout on the 18th, beat Detroit 
who we couldn't beat <laughs> two to one in this in overtime uh beat the kings last night in overtime or and not last night on sunday night and uh are currently up one nothing on the oilers so you know go yotes i guess they guess they've found their footing they're probably not going to be the worst team in hockey now i'm just kidding they definitely are so uh the blues on the other hand transitioning over to our Topic du jour for this podcast. Mm. Um, yeah, getting real fancy with all the food cooking we're going to be doing over the next two days. You ever do any food cooking? <laughs> you ever fancy with the food cooking? I think today I'm going to cook my food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't like to. I don't want to get too fancy, but I thought maybe I'd cook today. <laughs> um, we are. What are we? We're two. We're we're two and five in our last seven games. Not so great. Not so good. Mm. Two, five and one in our last eight games. Uh, we're real bad. I, th- I think, I think the blues are a bad hockey team. I think, I think we're going to talk about on this podcast, how they're inconsistent and they mm-hmm. don't get the wins against the easy teams. And, uh, we're going to talk about how they show flashes of brilliance and, but they can't always find the, you know, their consistent footing and they make big mistakes and, and, you know, they can't always outscore the other team. And sometimes they get goalied. And I think all those things are true. And I just think all of those things are also often true of bad hockey teams, (laughs) more or less what I think the blues are. I know I don't want to be overly negative. I don't think they're irredeemably bad. I think last, you know, if you haven't listened, to last week's episode, we dove a lot deeper into like what's really wrong and what needs to change fire Craig Berube and replace him with someone more offensive minded, for example. <laughs> Somebody, but like, please. Which, speaking of which, it is weird to me that his seat isn't like warming at all. You know, I guess, I, you know, we look at the team, we're still near the top of the division. So it's hard to like body us. But what if we, we started the season six? Six wins, wasn't it? Five. Five in a row. And mm-hmm. we've won five in the whole season since then in 14 games. Yeah, we're like so what, five, seven, and one. 15 games, I guess. So, yeah, it's like that's starting to be a problem, right? We can talk about how three, six, and one in our last 10, and now, you know, no better than three, six, and one, depending what our 11th game is. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, it's worrisome. So I think, I think the, the final answer is that this team isn't very good, but let's talk about these individual games a little bit and see, see what we can see. Uh, I, did I see the Sharks game? I must've seen the Sharks game, right? Wait, yeah. 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 I think I did. Um, Baruby put the lines in a blender as uh, I would say, you know, a classic sign of coaching desperation. Just, mm. just, we're just going to change stuff. It doesn't, there's no real reason, but we're just going to change stuff. Uh, he put the cop line out there, Cairo O'Reilly Perron, uh, the Buchnevich Thomas Tarasenko, the Super Smash Brothers Sod Sunquist Barbashev line, and the cost of, I'm sorry, not the, not the Super Smash Brothers, the identity line. Yet. Mm-hmm. They have the team's identity. That's and why we the, lost tonight. And there's no identity line. <laughs> and then the cost and Neal, um, they are the fourth line ostensibly. Krug and Pareko, Perunovic and Fox, Scandella Bortuzzo, 
and Billy Husso gets the start in this one. Uh, Bruby explained his forward lines by saying, I wanted to put an identity line together. And to me, SSB is an identity line. It's a line that's going to do the right things for check hard, play hard, be physical, hard on the other team, play against anybody. Uh, he also said, I felt against Arizona, we didn't have that team unit. When things aren't going well, you become individuals a little bit. You're, you always were. Greg. <laughs> uh, these people are corporeal. You got to remember. <laughs> that, that is, these are human beings. <laughs> that was the big conversation the club had. We're trying to get that team atmosphere back and the team first mindset. And finally, he shat all over the goaltending, which was a, a weird pull, I thought. Mm-hmm. It's important that both goalies play well. When we have success, that's what we have going on. So Benner will get a break, work on some things, get a breather, and hopefully Huso can hold the fort for us. Not very inspiring talk about either goalie, <laughs> I would say. Yeah, and that was finally, weird. <laughs> and finally, he said uh, about Huso returning after COVID. He's had a number of practices, so he's good to go. He feels good, so he's should be ready. His last outing was excellent. Shut out on October 25th. So hopefully he can give us that outing again. Uh, this game, as all games, when you're desperate to started with a fight, uh, Bortuzzo fought Middleton three seconds into the game. The stupidest shit in hockey. I'm sorry. That's the stupid. <laughs> we need to punch each other's faces to show how much we care. It you is know, weird that they're like, it's just, to get the boys going. I'm like, the boys look really like bored on the bench slapping their sticks. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, thanks, boards. Yeah, exactly. Uh I feel like if like Robert Thomas goes out there and like let oh, yeah. somebody, that gets the boys going. <laughs> but like Robert Morduzo <laughs> is the guy you send out there to do it. Uh Billy Husso had some big saves early to keep the blues in the game. He had a great save on Carlson on the breakaway. The Sharks scored the first goal, but the Blues challenged for offsides and the goal was overturned. The Blues were lucky. And then on the power play, Brandon Sod scores his first goal of the game, um, but not his last. Spoiler alert. Fifth of the season, Tarasenko to Perron to O'Reilly. O'Reilly passed it over to Sod for the backdoor goal. Uh, <coughs> any thoughts on that goal in particular? Um, no, I think Brendan Saad, I think has looked really good on the power play. I think he's really taken to Shen's spot there. I think they still had him on the power play today when Shen came back, which is good. Cause when he's, when Saad's that, Saad's that hot, you want to keep him where, where he's hot at. But, um, yeah, I thought, I thought he looked really good. These couple games on the power play. Yeah, I agree. Um, excuse me from that point on probably two of the best periods of hockey, the blues have played this year, just pretty total mm-hmm. dominance. Um, they had, you know, 70 and 63% of the Corsi four and 59% of the expected goals between the two periods. So um, pretty good overall, I would say Uh, the first one was real pretty. Scott Perunovic just had the confidence to skate it into the zone, skate it deep behind the net, uh, then pass it to Buchnevich who quickly hit Thomas to tip the puck past Reimer. It was a pretty goal. The first taste of what Scott Perunovich is capable of. We've seen a few others uh, in his NHL career so far in his first NHL point. Uh, Jonathan Dallin, 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 who knows, uh, scored for the um, Sharks. He's been red hot. I think he's a former Canuck, which makes this all a little funnier that he has seven goals. Um, 
O'Reilly and Perron were both puck watching as he snuck into the slot behind them. Uh, Meyer hit Dolan with the pass and he buried it. Um, and then Saad scored again on a great packham pass from Sonny. And it was three to two or three to one, excuse me, going into the third. Cairo early in the third gets the amazing stretch pass from Perron, uh, scores the wrister over the pad and under the glove of Ryder. Reimer, uh, we have a a really special player in Jordan Kyra, wouldn't you say? And mm-hmm. you did say, because I'm reading your notes. But why don't you talk about <laughs> that some more? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a big deal, especially when you have someone like Tarasenko who's looked better um, after his injury, come back for his injury, but, you know, is had requested a trade. If Tarasenko leaves, you're kind of like, who's our goal scorer, basically? Who's the guy that's like our go-to sniper? And Kyra we were hoping would be that. And then he's definitely starting to fill those shoes. And then some, like, I think he's looked real good this entire season. If there's, you know, I don't think the season's terrible, but like, if there's one really big bright spot, it's the fact this dude's like a point per game player so far this year. I think he's yeah 19 points in 19 games. He looks good with everybody too. And that's another big thing is they put him with Shen. He looks good with Shen. They put him with, O'Reilly, he looks good with O'Reilly. Like he can play up and down the lineup with anyone and he makes the other players look better than he plays with. So I don't know. Like I thought he was going to be a very good player and I still think there's room for improvement and everything too, but I think he's even better than I thought he was going to be. Like he's a much more dynamic puck possession player than I was expecting. I was really expecting more of like you dish it to him. He's a one-timer guy, you know, he gets, he scores, uh, you know, I don't know, your your standard winger sort of thing, but I feel like he actually makes some of the centers he plays with a lot better. And I think that's elevates him from being like, you know, a pretty good player to like a, a very special player. Yeah, I mean, I think I would say obviously both Thomas and Cairo are are having breakout seasons this year. We'll talk about mm-hmm. Thomas a little more in depth later on. Um, but man, I would say as much as I I'm frustrated by the team right now. I definitely think we are a lot better off for the future than I thought we were. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Cairo and, and Robert Thomas are both like potential stars in this league, both potential point per game or, or near that sort of players. Scott Perunovich, I think, you know, I thought highly of him coming into this year, but after seeing him in Traverse city and seeing his early NHL games, I think, you know, the sky is the limit. And and if he's not that Adam Fox type guy, he's that next level below it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, even Clint Costin, who I, you know, I think we both sort of tentatively given up on at least is showing that he can hang in the NHL and he hasn't gotten Mm -hmm. a lot of shots at the lineup, but when he has, he's shown some promise and shown some ability, you know, Jake neighbors kind of came out of nowhere as like a, an almost NHL ready prospect and is now probably going to go dominate in the WHL and at the world juniors. Uh, you know, I don't know a ton about Zachary Bolduck, but he's been okay in the QMJHL so far. And it just seems like there is a young core here that we can really build around. And we still have some problems with contracts and stuff. And, you know, I think um, Armstrong will need to get kind of creative with some of those things, but Buchnevich too is only 26, you know, so we've got him Mm kind of locked up through the core of his career over the next four or five years, however long we have him. So, um, yeah, I guess I think there's, there's big problems on the, on the defense and 
things that we can talk about later and we'll talk about plenty this year, but um, there's a lot to be excited about too. And a lot of young players who I think are really um, prepared to kind of carry this team into the next, next level. And, you know, even Ivan Barbashev showing more this year than he has in the past and he's only 25, you know? So mm-hmm. I don't know how he's 25 since he's been here for 14 years already. <laughs> yeah. Right. I figured I mean, he got, he was the same draft year as Fabry. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. He was once upon a time last year's, last year's, last year's, last year's, last year's, last year's <laughs> but no more. So long ago that they were telling Vince Dunn not to be last year's. <laughs> Ivan Barbershev and Vince Dunn. Is and how did that line. work out, Vincent? Uh, 48 to 27 shots here. We won the faceoffs. Uh, didn't surrender a penalty in this game, which is obviously um, exciting to see other than the Bortuzzo. Uh, fighting major we didn't commit a um we didn't give up a power play uh they have more hits they had a lot more blocks but that's not you know necessarily a bad thing we didn't have that many shots to block um and as i mentioned we kind of dominated the Corsi for an expected goals battle and uh like we both talked about probably one of the blues best overall performances uh billy mm-hmm. Huso, i am increasingly confident even after today which was you know, I would say his worst start of the season, but we'll talk about it a little more, not really his fault necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I'm I'm a lot more confident in him than I was. And I feel, um, you know, surprise, surprise, like maybe Doug Armstrong knew more than I did about coming into <laughs> the season with Bill Hughes as the backup. Um, I think he did well. Seven of the 11 uh, high danger chances for the Sharks came in the first period uh seven of the 12 i think um no i can't read seven of the 11 uh so um that was good that was cool i think they're good i think he's all right you know i don't think he's probably a a frontline starter but can he be your backup 20 25 times a year sure and that's all we need right now so we're paying a top goalie to be a top goalie and and he needs to be that can uh consistently i do think I do think the Thomas Kairu, Buchnevich, Perunovich, and also James Neal, for some reason, just put Clem Costin out there. Just, <laughs> just let me see what that would look like. Just give us all the boys together, you know? Or know, even like, Barbershev. Just give us all the younglings. Uh, they felt a need to have some old dude out there. Like, we, yeah. we need responsibility. Yeah. As the power, as the first PowerPoint unit is about to surrender two short handed goals. <laughs> that, that responsibility did great for us. Um, too much responsibility. But, <laughs> but I do think it is uh, kind of silly that we're still giving that line half of the ice time of the first power play unit. You know, they're the mm-hmm. they're the second power play unit, and they're just simply performing better right now. So I hope if that continues, they make that switch or at least at least get it even. You know, <laughs> at least yeah. I've been I've been just wondering, you know, like why don't they start with them sometimes? It's been super annoying. At least on some of the power plays when they had them like back to back or something, they'll they'll toss them out first on the second one or whatever. But yeah, I'm always like, man, they just look so much more dynamic. Um, mm-hmm. I know Saad has been playing on that first power play, you know, and it's been relatively productive, so I understand that. But it's like, man, it's just it's just fun to see uh Bushnevich and Thomas and Cairo and and Perunovich too, and everyone pass it around. That's just eyes in the back of all their heads. Yeah, they've been they've been hot. Uh, 
I don't want to talk about this Dallas game. Do we have to talk about this Dallas game? Uh, I mean, you can sum it up with them shorthanded goals. I mean, yeah, we sure can. What about let's start though with, I think this is the best tweet of the week from us. Uh, the Dallas cosmic bowling league. Jersey is, oh yeah. Those are an affront. Uh, we talked about this in our group chat. You are not allowed to like those. Jerseys. Yeah. I want, I want to like them. Like when they show them off and like when they announce them, uh, and they're set and up in a photo shoot. Yeah, yeah, they're in a black light. And there's, you know, like they're at Cosmic Bowling. And you're like, man, these look really good. <laughs> um, but then, surprise, surprise, you put them under bright lights where there's no shadows whatsoever. Uh, and they kind of look like ass. I mean, they look like those guys out there repairing roads and stuff. You got to have that high-vis tape on you, you know, so cars yeah. don't hit you. And yeah. I'm like, all right. I mean, I'm, I guess maybe it works in your favor because you're kind of used to it as the Dallas stars and your opponents like Jesus Christ. And their (laughs) eyes are burning like the whole time. Um, I do think like you can't do, I, this goes back to the Blackhawks Jersey and the New Jersey Jersey. Like I really struggle to imagine a good NHL Jersey with just two colors, mm -hmm. you know, which those are just the black and the green. There's no white lines or anything anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm not sure I, I could ever see that working really well. You know, everybody's got accents of some color somewhere, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. It's like, it's just very, it's very bold. I'll give them that. I'll give them that they, they swung for it, you know, because I do, I do appreciate that, but uh, yeah, they're, they're not good. They're not good. Yeah. Yeah, I would say not good. Uh, the first period was not bad. It was even. The Stars outshot the Blues 13 to 11, but the wheels didn't really fall off until five minutes into the second period. Ryan Sutter, slap shot goal. <laughs> Just kidding. The shittiest goal I've ever seen. <laughs> it was a power play goal. He shoots from the point because there's no pressure on him. Bozak appeared to stumble. It was the floatiest, crappiest muffin of a shot I've ever seen. But Jamie Benn and Justin Falk are completely screening Jordan Bennington, and it beats him because he has just literally no idea where that is, where that puck was. Um, I have a better chance of guessing where in the world that particular hockey puck is currently than he did of seeing it and stopping that shot. Uh, I think I think it's in uh, Wisconsin, by the way. I don't know why, because there's not an NHL team in Wisconsin. But. but they gave it to the most underrated player on this team. They gave it to little Joe, and he brought it back to Wisconsin, where he's from. Is that really where he's from? Yeah. Look at that. Ha! I did that on purpose. No, I'm just kidding. I had no idea. Uh, and then the first of two Rupe Hinch shorthanded goals. The Blues tried to play it behind the boards. Lindell simply poked it over out of the zone. Ruffle and Hintz are in two-on-one with the breakaway on Perunovic. Thomas and Neal, who is on the power play for some reason, as we already alluded to, are trying to get back, but they're either gassed or the, they're the laziest bastards I've ever seen. But I'm going to assume gassed. Uh <laughs> Brunovic neither took the player nor cuts off the pass. And it's a pretty easy one, two goal, not a good play by Perunovic, but he's already, you know, kind of screwed. So I don't want to like dagger the kid, but um, 
Krug evens or not evens it up and uh, not Krug either. I'm screwing up the whole sentence. Brandon Saad gets Dump a goal it. to make it a little closer, um, which was just a dirty goal. Perron took a big slapper from in pretty close for some reason, but the rebound was there and Saad battled through traffic to chip it over and in. But then 355 into the fir- third period, Dagger me, Daddy Rupe. He does it again. <laughs> Another crappy play at the blue line. This time, Raffle poked it past Krug, and it's again two on one. This time, Peron instead of Perunovic, he goes to ground instead of uh, the weird, just kind of standing up surrender Cobra play that Perunovic did. Uh, but it is no more effective. Same play, same results, same participants. It's now three to one on two shorthanded goals. Ben buries the empty netter near the end of the game. After after Pareko uh, has a shot pass or a weak ass floater from the point that's blocked, it gets out. Ben tracks the play before anyone else and heads down the ice. Pavelski spots him and hits it, hits him, and Pareko's effort is impoverished as fuck. And Ben uh, gets the easy peasy and en as we call it in the hockey biz. <laughs> that was uh, I'm gonna be honest with you, Colton Pareko doesn't look so good on the hockey surface. Mm. Oh, here. I don't think he's very good. And I'm already I'm already not looking forward to the rest of our lives where we'll have to (laughs) pretend he's an all time great blue because we happen to give him this contract extension, you know, and he'll probably never be outright bad enough to um for the team to like really move on from him you know mm-hmm. um but if i can post, paste these in the notes here this is not the chart of a of a cornerstone defenseman i would say this is a, a pretty bad um on the goals for and expected goals for Corsi for side of things he's still you know better than average on expected goals against but worse than average on Corsi against um just not a guy you want to think of as your best defender, you know, right. if that's your one. Robert Bortuzzo, he's, you know, pretty good on the power play, better than you might think on the power play. If that's your Tory crew, your Robert Bortuzzo, um, I know those are two very different players, but I'm just like, if it's not your cornerstone guy, you can at least, there's at least an argument, but for, for Colton Pareko, it's, it's pretty rough. Um, so uh, post game, you know, it was bad. Um, <laughs> they got was, worked in the faceoffs. Uh, they did sixty-one percent to the stars. Daddy Rupe winning all them faceoffs. I love my Daddy Rupe. <laughs> uh, the Blues had the better of the Corsi Four battle at even strength, um, which you know might have seemed like it if we hadn't surrendered two short-handed goals. So uh, they had even high danger chances, pretty even expected goals. It's just. We let them score two goals on our power play, and that's not how you do it. So we lost. Um, the you know, power play was really obviously the problem here. One for six on the night is bad enough. Uh, mm-hmm. when you supposedly have the second best power play unit in the game, uh, in the NHL, but then the two shorthanded goals are obviously daggers um the blues got outworked in the face-off dot and just really outworked all over the ice i thought i agree with you your note here that bennington looked okay that first one he really couldn't have done anything about and the other two were just two on ones what's he supposed to mm-hmm. do you know? i just mean yeah I think there's such high just high danger 
I guess what I would call like, yeah, high danger chances against him when they scored. And it's just like, what are you going to do? Um, just such a disappointing game. I mean, this whole series, this whole week has just been ups and downs and ups and downs and losing to teams you shouldn't. And then uh, beating teams that you might lose to. And so it's like, okay, I don't really know what you are yet <laughs> still. I mean, I, that's the weird thing with this team. I just, I, I'd like them to pick a lane. So I kind of know, I mean, I guess inconsistency kind of tells you they're bad, but it's like, in, in what way are you bad? Cause I feel yeah. like you're picking different lanes every, every game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's pretty fair. I think we've talked a lot about how their identity has shifted and they haven't shifted with it. And I think that's true. I mean, I mm-hmm. think they aren't, they aren't consistently unleashing the offense to be as good as it could be. And that's a problem. Um, but with that said, uh, I don't know. I don't know if, I don't know if they're, I, again, it's not like Craig Berube's fault, but I just don't know if they're going to get to a place where they're consistently good enough <laughs> with the personnel they have to win games four to three and, five to four and even, you know, four to two or four to one and score outscore their opposition. Cause they're just clearly not going to keep their opposition from scoring. That's just not going to happen. It's not an option the blues have on the table anymore. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it'll happen from time to time. Obviously we're going to talk about the Vegas game where they only scored two, uh, the first two, um, but it's just not going to be consistent. So why don't we dive into that? Bortuzzo supposedly getting a maintenance day, but he also didn't play tonight, right? So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what kind of maintenance <laughs> you're talking about, Craig. But He's going to maintain that broken hand. That's right. Uh, Nico Mikola is in. He looked good, I think. Um, he got a goal we'll talk about mm-hmm. here in a minute. But um, how were you feeling going into this game? Because I was scared. I'll tell you, I thought I, I honestly, if I probably, if I talked about my most negative emotions, I would have thought exactly what did happen would happen. I would have thought we'll find a way to beat the Vegas Golden Knights pretty convincingly and then lose to the Detroit Red Wings to give me that real sour taste going into the holiday. And that's exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. And so how were you feeling about that? That was my exact prediction. I was like, you know what? (laughs) We, we beat the Sharks, not that the Sharks have been having a pretty good season, but then we lost to Dallas, and Dallas has been sputtering. I think they lost like five in a row or like five in a row at home, and we lost to them. I was like, great. So I was like, all right, we should beat Gold, the Golden Knights, and we'll probably lose to Detroit because that's just the way things are. And and I was right. You're welcome, everyone. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, having said that, I was still kind of uh, a little scared going into this game just because I was like, well, are the Golden Knights – a team we should beat though now, and thus we won't because I think they were missing. <laughs> they were missing Carlson. They were missing Marcheseau. They were missing um, Martinez. I think they're missing like three or four other players. And I was like, okay, so now they're not good. So we should beat them, but now we won't. So it was a real hit or miss. Yeah, I mean, it, we'll we'll talk about how the game progressed, but it was just not. I didn't feel confident going into Mm -hmm. it. I don't think I'm going to feel confident going into a game this season, unless we really, we really get back on a tear like we were at the start of the season. Well, I say, I think I, I think they said tonight that the Blues haven't won two games in a row since their five-game winning streak. I believe that. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, we haven't I, won yeah, that yeah. many games total since the five game winning streak. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. it's been pretty rough. <laughs> Uh, and the start of this game was rough. I will tell you about seven minutes into this game, I was ready to leap off a bridge, metaphorically <laughs> speaking. Mental health is important, people. You know, check on your friends. But um, Chandler Stevenson scored 36 seconds into the game because I chose not to start him in DraftKings. So, of course, he did. Um, <laughs> and uh, Petrangelo put a shot on net from the point. Bennington made the save. But Stevenson got the rebound and scored. Krug lost his man in the quick possession change in the blue zone there. Then Riley Smith, uh, 6.50 into the game, off a um, just a turnover. Uh, Falk turned it over to Hutton. Hutton had the heads up pass to Riley Smith, who's on, on a breakaway. Smith goes five-hole on Bennington and scores. It's two to nothing, and I assumed we were going to get blitzed. I, yeah, really I, had, I hadn't even had the game on yet. I was like, well, that's it for me. This was, a, <laughs> this was a wild period. Uh, we then scored three goals in uh, just over two minutes of mm-hmm. in-game time. Uh, the first one was a little crappy. Perron protected the puck with a Vegas player all over him because he's very good at hockey. Uh, he skated from below Vegas's goal line to the blue line and then whips a pass right out of the window to Ryan O'Reilly, who's <laughs> right at the goal line. Uh, the O'Reilly flew off the steering wheel. Okay, I'm going to stop. O'Reilly fired a one-timer <laughs> from a severe angle, and the puck is going wide if... Robin Lanier doesn't try to save it, but he does try, and the puck goes off his pad and rolls into the net behind him. So thanks, well, Robin. Classic goalie move. Appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> just over a minute later, Tyler Bozak um, gets his uh, first goal of the season. Less than two minutes later, Fox shot the puck from the point cost and tipped it into the net. Laner made the save, but Bozak got the rebound and scored. It was a tie game, and then Justin Falk, unassisted, his 100th goal of the career, steals the puck from Waugh, and Falk is off to the races on a breakaway. He goes backhand, forehand, and tucks the puck. <laughs> Over the glove of Robin Lanier and under the bar, they pull the puck out of the net and throw it into the bench because the man has scored 100 goals. Um, Justin Falk, I like Justin Falk, man. He's he's pretty solid. You know, I he's do. not. I like him. Again, he's not. You don't want to look at him as your best defenseman, which we have to off and on. <laughs> but uh, if he was your second or third, you'd feel pretty good. You know. Yeah. So. Um, I think uh, JR mentioned something about he's already kind of like a leader in the locker room where he's taken on a bigger role being a leader, which is nice to hear after, you know, his first year here with Petrangelo there and him not really feeling like he really had a spot literally on the ice or probably felt a little weird in the locker room too when it's like he's the only new addition to a cup team. Um, uh-huh. So now with guys moving on and him playing here longer, I'm glad that he's kind of like feels like this is more like his team now. Um yeah, I, I he had quite the goal there. I mean, or quite the shot at least. Like, I really didn't think he was going to outrace uh, Wa there, and he did. It was it was great. It was funny because they were like literally just mentioning that like he's at ninety nine goals, and then I think two seconds later <laughs> he scored this goal. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I like Justin Fox. He's a likable guy. He's a Minnesota man. That's right. And Ian, if you would please Google image Justin Falk and look particularly at images four, uh, two, three, excuse me, through six, uh, this man has those perpetually frightened eyes, which I never, never like seeing. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, he's kind of like, uh, he sort of replaces um, Jay Bomeister. Yeah. You know, Jay yeah. Bomeister had that yeah, sort of like, exactly. oh, shit. look. He looks like somebody else, I feel like, too, but I can't put my finger on it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do, I think he's good. And it's cool to see him score his hundredth goal uh, with the blues, not with the blues, but his hundredth goal of his career as a blue. <laughs> um, I still don't think that was grammatically queer, but you know what? <laughs> I'm giving up at this point. It's Brandon's, Thanksgiving Eve. Brandon Saad scored him what feels like his hundredth goal with the blue already <laughs> with his uh, eighth of the season, which is pretty impressive considering he missed a week and a half with COVID or whatever. Um, he's got no assists, but he scores a lot of goals. Um, Tarasenko and Peron assisted on this one. Tarasenko put the puck on the net. Lanier made the save. Uh, I never feel comfortable saying that name, which is why it's changed every time. Saad <laughs> is in the slot and takes a whack at it as Liner makes another save. And then the puck pinballs back to Saad, who swings at it again. And this time it hops over the shoulder of Lehner for <laughs> um and then uh in the third period Nico Mikola scores Ian uh talk to us about that goal yeah uh this was a great goal I love this goal because uh this is all Thomas I mean it's all Nico Mikola but it's all Robert Thomas Thomas trips the puck past a Vegas player into himself holds off another Vegas player while going full speed passes the puck to Mikola creating a two-on-one Bushnevich Mikola has the confidence to hold on to the puck and he wires it above the pad and under the glove for the goal. It was a goal scorer's goal. I honestly didn't even think it was Nico Mikola for a moment because it looked looked so smooth, looked like he'd done it a billion times. Uh, this marks the first time uh, this season that the Blues have had uh, two defensemen score a goal in one game. So that's a positive now, but a negative overall. Um, <laughs> but I, I like Nico Mikola. This is his only a second game, I think, of the season, but he looked really good. Paired with Perunovic, I think Perunovic started um, with Falk, but they ended up moving these two together, and they looked really good. They actually got a fair number of um, or a fair number of times they were put on the ice together in like key times of the game. Um, yeah, it was it was a good goal. Nico Mikola, I feel like, and and Robert Thomas is awesome. We'll break out and talk about him in a minute here, but Nico Mikola, I feel like, it's like the. Aristotelian ideal of (laughs) a seventh defenseman, (laughs) you know, like he is, he's perfectly solid. You never have any fear about slotting him into the lineup, but you also never feel like he's missing if he's not in the lineup. Mm -hmm. You know, he's just like, um, he's just like fantastic. And, uh, you know, but not, (laughs) <laughs> not good. <laughs> uh, uh, he's got some... I, just, I just feel like he's got a good vibe and a good attitude. And he's that kind of guy that you can plug and play with. And I, I want to retract. It's not Aristotle. It's the platonic ideal. I screwed oh, up so... these people. These the, the Aristotle, the philosophy Pluto, nuts on our, on our Plato. timeline are going to go crazy. Okay. Those cats, so those I cats know a lot this. about philosophy. That's right. <laughs> but uh, any thoughts on Nico Mikola before we uh, go on? He's got some wheels, man. Uh, he's really fast or a lot yeah. faster than you would think for a guy of his size. Like I think in tonight's game two against Detroit, he had one of those moves where the defenseman skates uh, all the way from the top of the zone, all the way around the goal and then back out to the top of the zone again about passing it and protecting the puck. And it's like, man, he is like skating, he's skating literal circles around these guys and they can't stop him. Uh, yeah. I think if he got a, a few more games here and there, we could kind of see what he's got. He had like that five or six game stretch last year, the year before where he looked really good. Um, yeah. I think flipping between him and Wallman and Bortuzzo, that's a pretty good, like 
seventh pairing or a seventh defenseman, like wheel of bodies, you know, that's, that's a, mm-hmm. that's an a plus wheel of bodies. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Uh, and, uh, the boys go on to win this five to two. They did not outshoot the golden Knights. They won more face-offs. They have more hits, et cetera, et cetera. Corsi four pretty even, um, but they have more of the high danger chances, more of the expected goals at even strength. All that's well and good, but we did win the game five to two. We came back from early adversity and and won pretty handily. So I'm not going to dig too deep into those numbers. Um, Robert Thomas, though, is very good. He it's really nice, you know, because we were high on this guy. Not like we're alone. Not like we are the the originators of the Thomas uh, Robert Thomas's good crowd, but like we were pretty high on this guy right away, not right away. And the, in the draft year, we were a little suspicious, but then after his first year of junior, we were like all in on him being pretty awesome and thinking he had um, sky high upside. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, it's really just, it's nice to see him finally put it all together in the NHL. He's never looked bad he never looked like he didn't belong in the nhl but he hadn't really had that kind of breakout season yet he had you know he had the second half of the stanley cup year where he looked pretty special and pretty important especially in the actual stanley cup run but he's had the injuries and some struggles since then and this is this looks like the year whether you want to attribute it to all the offseason like commitment working out and Mm -hmm. putting on weight and all that stuff or not this seems to be the year that he is really broken out not into necessarily superstardom yet but one of the if not possibly with due respect to ryan o'reilly the most important player on your roster right now um he's been sensational any thoughts on rob tom i i mean he's on pace for i forget what it is like 60 something assists on the season only 10 goals but 60 something assists uh I think, I mean, he could possibly get 50 and that'd be, mm-hmm. that'd be crazy. I mean, it'd be completely achievable, but it'd just be crazy to think. Uh, he has really shown what I think a lot of people, us included, were looking for maybe last year, you know, um, where obviously was injured for a big portion of it, but we were really hoping for that breakout season. This feels like it's it because he's getting the ice time. He has the vision. You're seeing him hit people with like pinpoint passes. He could have had like two or three assists in the, or he could have three or four assists in the Vegas game of uh, some of those guys that he passed and botched their chances. <laughs> um, he's he's a pure setup guy, and thankfully, uh, he's really really good at it. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm glad he's hitting that stride, and I'm excited to watch him continue because I think he's going to be one of the bright spots of this season, even if the season isn't all that great. Um, and it won't be <laughs> because <laughs> I'll tell you, if you thought missing Braden Shin was what ailed this team, it wasn't. He came back as a Thanksgiving Eve miracle before the Wednesday game against the Detroit Red Wings. And it wasn't good. I know we didn't take uh, a lot of notes because we kind of hopped right on here to record this. Um, but Ian, you watched this game more than mm-hmm. I did. I only came in for the failed parts of the last period. Why don't you talk me through what you saw and, and what your kind of overall thoughts were? Yeah, this game um, on its own would be one of those, eh, you just got goalie. You got, you know, the goalie outworked you there. They stood on their head. Uh, you shouldn't lose to Detroit, but you did. Oh, well, move on. 
It's just the more of the fact that when you take this game out of a bubble and you look at it in terms of like the blues whole season, it's like, of course, man, of course, this roller coaster <laughs> had to go in the fucking dirt before it could go back up into the clouds again later after Thanksgiving, of course. Um, but yeah, this game started off pretty good for the blues. I thought they had a pretty good handle on the Red Wings to start the game. Bushnevich scored the first goal of the game on the power play, his fifth of the season, assisted by Cairo and Saad. Uh, this goal, I'm trying to remember this goal. I'm going to try to remember this without even hitting, looking at the replay. This goal <laughs> was a great setup from Kyra. Kyra had a really good pass to <laughs> Bushnevich from behind the goal line. Now that I'm remembering, and they he beat uh Nadelkovich off to his left there. It was, I think it was just along the ice, and Nadelkovich couldn't get his pad out in time. It was a good goal, it was a power play goal. The power play is still red hot. Uh, again, so let's see. They put Sad on the second unit, and the second unit scored. It's great. The second unit's fantastic. Put them out there. They're your first unit. I call them the young guns. Yeah. Is if that a Saad, stretch? <laughs> if Sad's on that unit, I feel like it for sure is your first unit right, right. now. That's, I mean, it's a lot. I don't know if they were between, if they were like just got a partial change or something like that, but it puts working's working. Um, the Blues looked really Speak- good. Oh, God. Go no, I was just going to say, speaking of young guns, Lucas Raymond may be a god. Oh, yeah. That kid <laughs> looks really good. I mean, yeah. they said, I don't even remember what the stat was. There was some sort of stat. I'm sure it was like however many points in their first however many games. And it was literally like Lucas Raymond, or it was like Steve Eiserman and some other like Detroit all-timer. It might have been like Gordy House. Oh, well, you? And it was yeah. like, and Lucas Raymond. And I don't know what the stat was. And maybe it was something very minor, but I was like, what the? It's like, no, no, it's you can't have another one. You're not allowed <laughs> to have another one. You can't keep getting away with it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Lucas Raymond scored his eighth of the season. Um, assisted by Bertuzzi and Larkin. This was the line they highlighted at the beginning of the game, being like, hey, <laughs> they're nice, like way of saying Detroit sucks is like Detroit has one really good line and you really got to look out for that one line. It's so damn dangerous. <laughs> it's like, what about the other lines? Well, that they one really have one great line. <laughs> yeah, so good. Uh, and it was this line. And I, I forget we botched basically a, a run through the neutral zone and it got bumped back to Raymond and Bertuzzi who were pretty much like on a two on O. I forget who was trailing them at that point. And then Lucas Raymond just buries on pass who so. Uh, who's to start this game? I thought it looked pretty good overall. I, I, you can't you can't do much against a player that's this good um, on the breakaway. And I was I was a little worried because I remember thinking, man, we looked really good this period. We we were leading one nothing, and now it's one one. Uh, period ends. We go into the second period, and this was the Blues' like best period. They looked fantastic. They were in the Red Wings zone, I think, for like half the first half of the entire second period. I think the Red Wings didn't even get a shot until like, I, I don't know, it must've been like seven minutes in, maybe seven minutes, 45 seconds in probably. Yeah, it was that. Cause that's when Dylan Larkin scored. <laughs> it was the, it was the uh, first shot that the Red Wings got all period. Uh, it was Dylan Larkin's 10th goal of the season assisted by uh, former blue Robbie Fabry. This was the first game that Robbie Fabry has played against the blues since being traded. Does that blow your mind? I was like, no way. We've certainly played him before, but we haven't. Is that for real? Because we played Detroit. We traded him like early in that season, but but we'd already played them. We played Detroit once before, and And then the second time would have been COVID. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I was like, what? 
Um, so he I mean, looked uh, he looked fucking pissed when he scored the <laughs> game winners or the the empty netters though. I'm sure maybe like he wasn't so time. thrilled about that. <laughs> yeah, right? like I'm sure they're like that all the time. I'm sure you just want to stick it to your old team, whatever. But I always feel like whenever some player scores against the Blues, the former Blue, they're always like fucking right. I'm like, yeah, what do exactly. We do? I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry you're on your third knee, Robbie. I'm okay? sorry your haberdashery didn't work out the way you wanted it, you Robert. <laughs> Robbie, Calm we told down. you 50 hats. That's freaking ridiculous. <laughs> too we many had to hats. Trade you. <laughs> you got a hat you. on a hat in a hat store. That's insane. <laughs> it was you or the fucking hat overhead. That's you right. Sunk our, sunk our, uh, <laughs> our department on selling hats, man. I was um, about to look up what his full name is, and I'm pretty sure it's Robert Fran. Fab- oh, no, it's not. I thought it was Francis Fabry, but it's just Robert Fabry. I felt like I was going to say, is his full name really Robert? And then in my head, I was like, you've looked this up before and you know what it is. But my head was wrong. It lied to me. Roberto so anyway, Fabrizio. Um, <laughs> it was really disappointing that they were the team that got a goal in that period. Like that was that wasn't the game, right? Because it was just two one. There was third period left. But man, it sucked because looking at the five on five course before. Um, we dominated that period, sixty-seven percent of the Corsi, and then also I believe it was our expected goal was like one point one five to their point five three. It was like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah. so many goals. I will give Nadelkovic some credit. I didn't think he looked like outstanding or anything. I think we shot you know some pucks in his chest and whatnot, but uh-huh. he did have a few really good uh, big highlight reel saves. I think a couple in the third too, and he he looked he looked good overall and he and he had to because really the red wings defense is terrible i mean they're then they'll be better they're getting there they're trying but uh that is definitely not their forte at the moment so hats off to delkovich um you know for that for that performance tonight then uh we get to the third period and david prime gives us some hope he scores the seventh of the season i think that ends his like nine or ten game goalless drought which is which is great which is good you know this boy this boy needs to score more him and o'reilly were kind of dogging it earlier this week uh i think they both looked a lot better recently uh this goal is a great assist from prunovich prunovich like heads up pass through the neutral zone um david Perron. Or is this that one? No, this isn't this one. Okay, but it is a Prunovich assist. It's a great Prunovich assist. But <laughs> David Perron, I think this is from a severe angle. This is like a real nasty yeah. goal. This, this is definitely not something the Dalkovich should have let in, which gave me hope too, because I'm like, he's mortal. We can score on him. Maybe this gets in his head. We've rattled his cage. We did not do that. He was totally <laughs> fine after that. Um, Scandella had a shot that there's a big fat rebound of Mikola, or no, it's Mikola had the shot. Scandella had the rebound. And Nadelkovich made the diving save. And I was like, oh boy, if all these other unfortunate events weren't the end of the game, this was the end of the game. Because I was like, mm-hmm. oh, if he's making these saves, we're screwed. Uh, and we were Adam Ernie, Ern, Ernie, Ern. I don't yeah, know how you say his last name. Who knows? Yeah, I'm not uh, we're going to say Erne. <laughs> um, scored his third of the season. This is Adam Ernesto. <laughs> yeah, we need to put some, put some respect on this man's name because he led the Detroit Red Wings last year with 11 goals. Okay. So this is their goal scoring leader. Adamas Ernesto. All right. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) It was kind of a floater. I, I kind of would have liked to say this, but I get, there's a little bit of a moving screen in front of him. So he's looking right, left and right. By the time he looks the right direction, 
uh, pucks in the back of the net. <laughs> then he scores. That's yeah, that's that's how it goes. Uh, this Robbie was uh, this was not uh, a pretty goal of pretty bad mm. on Billy Huso and everybody else. Not really Huso's fault. It, it deflected off of Krug's stick and went over, but not a good goal. A weak uh, goal to lose on. It felt like a pooper. Uh, yeah. Robbie Fabry gets an empty netter. Uh, like you said, he seemed very happy, angry, happy, angry. To score he ran down the puck and scored from an insane angle. So maybe you just felt good about like getting it in from there. And when I was the surprised he got it in. Yeah. But it definitely seemed a little bit venomous. I was like, Whoa, man, come on now. Which hey, we gave you a friends. chance. We could have held on you and you could have been our freaking 15th forward. You could be in Springfield. You hear me? Yeah. We gave you a second chance at a real life, Robert. I think you could have been don't like they don't like <laughs> Doug Armstrong, man. You could have been suffering with the division leading Springfield Thunderbirds, but instead you're on the mighty Detroit <laughs> Wings. Yeah, could the Springfield Thunderbirds beat the Detroit Red Wings? Maybe, maybe on a good day. Hey, could be, could be. I yeah, mean, Lucas Raymond be. really good. So you, you know, we send a Perunovic again. Maybe, maybe they won't. Yeah, really yeah. Um, that's that's game. That's the NHL. That's game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It's unfortunate. I don't know why that, that always is. gets me, but it does. Um, uh, it, I mean, it just sucks because the Blues had the better of the five and five Corsi four, a fifty six percent. They had the better of the expected goals, like by a whole half a goal. Um, uh-huh. High danger chances are pretty even, but I gotta say that's pretty shit when you had like most, you had the control of the game and you still gave up that many high danger chances. Isn't that great? Uh, their second or third or you know top five power play in the league didn't look overly threatening. I mean, maybe in the first period it did, but we got multiple power play chances and we just couldn't capitalize on them. Uh, apparently Detroit's got a PK. So, you know, who knows? I guess I, that has some impact, but it was, it was a winnable game. It was very winnable. And we actually looked fairly decent in terms of like trying to score, but it wasn't meant to be. And like I said, off the top, like if this is just viewed in a bubble, not, not so bad. Just go that and move on but the fact that it's just <laughs> yeah, the fact that it's up and down and up and down and you just beat the golden knights and now you lose the red wings and like this is like i'm telling you man they're gonna beat chicago on friday in a day game and people are like mm, 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 not so bad and then we're gonna lose to the blue jackets the next day yep. because yep. that's how she goes this team's frustrating just because there are pieces of this team, big pieces of this team. I like a lot. And I like that we're scoring at a pretty good clip. I didn't, and there's, there's nothing about this team really that I'm looking at. I'm like, we got to blow this shit up. This is not like the Mike Yo stuff where you're like, we got to blow it up. I want to keep mm. a lot of this. I think there's some tinkering to do for sure, but I like the overall makeup of this team. It just makes me like rack my brain. Cause I'm like, please, keep most of this intact, but start winning with this. And it makes me like scratch my head with like, so what is it? I mean, it's defense is defense overall is pretty poor, but it's like, just not, not finishing on our chances. It's, 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 I don't know. It's like just very inconsistent from period to period, game to game. They just need 
some sort of game plan. I do think sometimes it is like adjustments to like not this mm-hmm. game, but some other games. I'm always like, Craig, it's not working, bro. And he's <laughs> flipped some lines around, but I'm like, the game looks exactly the same. I think that was my biggest problem with the I, Dallas game is like, it just felt like we were playing the same thing over and over. And we didn't score like a five on five goal. I'm like, dude, it's not working. I do figure think- out what it is you do. <laughs> I do think in game adjustments are really like one of the, rock bottom problems with this team like i'm talking about bedrock and i really like i don't want to come back to this i will move off craig Bruby after this brief conversation because i really <laughs> don't want it to seem like i am out for craig Bruby or think this is his fault i don't i don't think it's necessarily his fault that the team is losing in fact i'll talk about some of the guys in a minute whose fault it might be but i really do think he's just not the coach for this team. I think he's an okay NHL coach. I just think he's not going to be creative offensively. And like you said, he's not making adjustments in game when, you know, he has a chance to do so. And like you said, the, the stars one stuck, stuck out like a sore thumb to me where it's like, we don't have any goals and we're not going to get any because we don't even look like we're threatening and we're not doing anything different. Mm -hmm. You're not, you're not changing your strategy. We've got the one play on the power play, and we look really good at that one play, the behind the net to the front thing. But mm. come up with some other plays, <laughs> you know? We It's just we don't cycle well, we're not creative, and that's the stuff that really hurts us. However, moving off of Baruby, I would like to look at the veterans a little bit mm. because I think this team needs more from your top paid forward types. Vladimir Tarasenko had the very hot start was really exciting. He has no goals in his last five games and three goals in his last 13 games. And all three of those games goals came right in the row in the middle there. So two streaks of five goalless games, sandwiching a three goal streak, um, all of which were losses ironically. And uh, now five more goal games without a goal. Now, Vlad's always been streaky, you know, mm-hmm. and he's he's got two assists the last game. So it's not like he's not putting up points. He has um, 16 points in, in 19 games now. So he's certainly contributing and looks a lot better than he did last season. I'm not trying to dagger the guy. But if you want to be the snipey, snipey boy, go do some snipey, snipey. <laughs> you know, you got to get... <laughs> We need more goals from him. David Perron, as you mentioned, had been goalless since uh, October 25th. I mean, he's had a ton of assists, Mm -hmm. but no goals since October 25th. Um, He had the hat trick the night before that and the two goal game on the opening night of the season. And then since, you know, one goal in his last, um, whatever that would be 14 until tonight. Um, So that, you know, is, is not good. Obviously the goals are getting scored. If he's making the assist, he's still a borderline point per game player, almost night, you know, 18 games, 18 points, 19 games, but still he needs to pick it up a little bit. And I hate to say it because I know he's a precious angel, but Ryan O'Reilly is really not been good. Mm. Um, he's, he's, gone a little better lately, but he had a five game streak, uh, without recording a point after coming back from COVID, which has to be his longest uh, as a blue, I would think. Um, yeah, definitely. Feels and, like it. 
uh, you know, he's had, he had points in, in three of the last five. Um, so, you know, he's a little better, but one goal, three goals total this season, which isn't necessarily his, um, height and re- and just one multi-point game all season, which, you know, you're, he's a guy you're looking at getting two assists a night when he's really on two or three. So, um, he definitely, you know, and, and I know COVID hit him pretty hard, it seems like, and he's, you know, probably only just starting to feel like himself, maybe still doesn't feel like himself. Um, but he has, he himself has admitted himself that he sucked <laughs> a little bit since COVID. And so I'd just like him to, uh, you know, pick it up and find that rhythm. I think those guys, obviously, you know, you can't blame Shin for being gone, but he's another guy you've been missing. And then if you look at the defenders, um, how many goals do you think we have from the defense right now, Ian? Um, I'm going to say it's actually five. it may be more. It may be more than you think. It's nine. Okay. It's three from Falk, three from Krug, a Mikola, a Pareko, and a Bortuzzo. But altogether, they have um, 28 points uh, with Peru. Well, they've got a little more than that with Scandella. So they're doing okay. But I just I think lately, you know. <sighs> I think we have a lot of offensive defensemen is the problem. And Falk has um, eight points in 19 games. That definitely needs to be more. Um, Sorry, not eight points. He has seven points in 19 games, unless he got one night. Krug has 10 points in 14 games, which is better. Um, Probably pretty close to where he should be. Maybe one or two more points, but just, I think, I think we've got a lot of excitement with Cairo and Thomas, you know, leading the team and Buchnevich and Barbashev behind them. And, um, you know, they've been great, but those aren't, those are the guys you want to lead the team in points, but you don't want them to be alone out there. And there's a big gap between Tarasenko with 16 points at fourth place and Buchnevich with 10 uh, tied with Barbashev and Krug at five. And, you know, Saad and O'Reilly behind them. So I think the veterans need to pick it up a little bit. Um, anything else stand out to you on this team right now is like stuff they've got to improve? Um, you know, I think maybe being like, this always sounds like a, I don't know, like a real coach, coachy thing to say, but I feel like they have to be better. Be coach, Ian. They need to be better in the neutral zone. I feel like a lot of the time against other teams, they just easily chip it uh, or like skate it through the neutral zone, chip it past us, move through there uh, uninhibited a lot of the time. And that ends up with these big chances like Detroit got where they didn't get many chances, but when they did, they became really big high danger chances because we just let them skate right through us. Um, I don't know if it's just lack of speed uh, on the back end or anything like that, but it does feel like, um, a lot of times when we have guys, we have the opposition skating through the neutral zone. I feel like a lot of our forwards kind of just leave it up to defensemen. Like, oh, you guys are closest, and I'll just kind of pick up the trailer. <laughs> and then our defenseman gets beaten. I'm like, you're not even going to get close anymore. Okay, well, not so good. Um, just lots of guys where they're getting lost in coverage too. I feel like we haven't done a really good job of like, I don't know. I feel like there was something going on in the off season where they were talking about how the defense this year was going to be all about like swarm defense and they were going to collapse down in close to Bennington buzz, a lot of the buzz. time. Yeah. <laughs> a real, a real bees sort of mentality, but I don't know if they had that and then they just like tossed it away because maybe it was very, it was like the yo uh, man on man, you know, man to man defense sort of thing. 
that was there and then had to get gone real quick because it sucked. <laughs> um, because I just don't see that. Maybe it's gone now, but I don't feel like we have a lot of guys collapsing right in front of Bennington. I feel like we have maybe like one of the defensive and one of the forwards possibly, but it just feels like there's a lot of uh, goals we have where we're losing guys in the slot. Um, so I don't know. It just, it's little things like that. Cause I always feel like we can score games like tonight show we can score even if we didn't actually get more than two goals because we just had way more of the chances we'd look dominant and puck control and everything it's like we have that ability that's what this team can do now they just got to clean up these little things because it's these tiny little things that lead to big things goals and losing games and things like that um I want to say I have the confidence they'll clean it up but we are what how many games are we into the season at this point like we're close to 20. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. They got to, they got to figure it out quick. I think the one positive too, is that a lot of the teams in the central, uh, these top teams that we're around right now have been very middling recently. Like Nashville has been, I think one six of their last 10 or five of the last 10, same with the wild, same with the jets. So like, we're not really losing a lot of ground in the standings, but here comes Colorado who's won five in a row. Like it's, it's a lot of teams just kind of doing 500 hockey right now. So we mm-hmm. have space to turn it around and actually pull away from the pack. But I'm, you know, the ever pessimist in me fears that the other teams are going to grab the reins first and we're <laughs> going to be sitting here sputtering and be like, eh, here we are in fourth or fifth. Um, they've got time. They've got, they've got teams they can beat. They've got, you know, uh, Chicago coming up. They've got Columbus coming up. But then I think pretty quickly after that, we end up hitting uh, both the Florida teams, we hit Florida, we hit uh, Tampa Bay. And then I think we play one of those two again the next night. So it's like, we have them three times in a row sort of deal. And it's like, those are teams you want to beat, but will you beat? I don't know. Florida's <laughs> like freaking good. Um, yeah. So we'll beat them and we'll freaking lose to, I don't know who's, who's bad these days. We'll lose to Buffalo or whatever. Um, I don't know. It's, it's annoys me only because I think, three or four games or five games ago, people were like, it's not so bad that we're losing. We got all these winnable games coming up, you know, don't worry about it. And now we're dropping winnable games and people are like, don't worry about it. They still look good. I'm like, yeah, I feel you. They're not like garbage or anything, but I'm just like, just please, please do the little cleanup things you said you're going to do. Oh, I'm asking. <laughs> yeah. Just clean up your room. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I, I agree. It's just like, we're just a little out of reach. Like we're, we're there. We're, mm-hmm. I think we're a good enough team to be like fun in the playoffs. We're not like a cup team, but we're fun in the playoffs. We can, we can make some noise sort of deal. I don't think the defense is good enough for that, but like make some improvements there and do, do what you will. But I feel like we're still, we're one step back from even that right now. We're like, Oh, you're just, Oh, just a, a improvement or two away from actually being like, Ooh, this team's, this team's fun. And that's kind of all I'm really looking for out of the season. I think we've talked about it before. It's like, I don't have a lot of confidence in how far this team can go in the playoffs, but we've got a lot of young guys. We got some good vets that it feels like we can still have, still have some fun, uh, upset a few teams or whatever. Um, but at this point we are kind of like the step back. We're like, eh, not quite there. Yeah. I think it's, it's interesting because when we came into the season, I thought about like, I felt like this team was probably a little bit in that like 2017-18 way of like we're mm-hmm. team in transition and we're getting close to being ready to enter another contention window, but this isn't the year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And uh, then we won five games to start the season. And I got all twisted about what I thought about the team and, and, you know, convinced myself that they were really, really good and, and, you know, exciting and and ready to take that next step. And now that I look about it, it feels, feels a little bit more like they're that 2017, 18 team where it's like, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of exciting things. You remember Shin was like going ham for the first mm-hmm. time and some of the younger guys were starting to take a step and play better. And, um, you know, we look pretty good and pretty exciting. Sunquist looked good, but like um, it wasn't all there yet. And, and I wonder if this is another year where it's like, we know the roster isn't finished because like one of our top pay our I guess tied for our top paid forward isn't going to be on the team for very mm-hmm. much longer. <laughs> so we know whatever roster we expect to compete with, we know it's not this you've got to figure if we're, really you know planning on going into the playoffs we've got to have deep into the playoffs we've got to have a different solution at at defense I don't think I don't think it's I don't think we can do much to our defense but either we need to really just commit to being offensive or we need to find at least one guy who's like solid defensively you know Mm -hmm. um and so I just, I think there's still changes that need to be made and, and it's just kind of frustrating waiting for those changes to happen. And it's even more frustrating to see the stupid Leafs win him five to one against uh, the freaking Kings because screw the Leafs. That's what I say. So mm. I, I do wonder too, like, especially with the playoffs and everything with this team is like, if they get bounced in the first round again, um, I don't know if I heard this on another podcast or where it was, but like, I'm, I'm starting to think like, if we do decent in the playoffs and we have a pretty good season and everything, I can see them being like, you know what? We're bringing Bruby back for like two more years sort of thing. But if we get bouncing in the first round, I just don't know how you're going to be able to stomach. If you haven't already extended Bruby, there's like, they have to extend him now or his fate is tied to the playoffs. Right. Cause you can't get bounced yeah. in the first round and then be like, well, we're going to bring him back everyone. Cause people are, <laughs> I mean, as much goodwill as he has with the city and, you know, rightfully so. Uh, I do think people are going to be like, eh, but why at that point, you know, I do. I can't, I mean, I don't want to get too conspiratorial, but it just feels like that Armstrong has never been that high on Barubi. Not like he's, he hates the guy or doesn't think he's a mm-hmm. good coach, but like, remember even after we won the cup, there was like some controversy about his contract. You, yeah, you yeah. remember that where it was like later into the off season than we thought that it was still kind of like, well, Ruby technically hasn't mm-hmm. been named the head coach of the St. Louis Blues going forward, you know? And like I've seen I've seen a lot being made too about like Armstrong had a quote, I think, right after he fired Yo of like next time, like next time this happens, I'm not firing a coach sort of thing. Like it's going to be the players. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he said that right after firing, you know, and before a cup was even won. And also that was like three years ago. And this dude right before we traded Yaroslav Halak was like, Halak's our man. So like, I don't really care if he says, I'm not firing another coach. Cause if that's what makes the most sense, he's not gonna be like, well, I said I wouldn't. So they're going to roast me if I fire him. So I guess I I can't. I saw somebody mention that too. And it's like, Dude, the team's entirely different since then. Hmm. You know, it's like he he basically said the next time I do this, it'll be the players, not the coach who get, get mm-hmm. 
examined or whatever. And it's like, yeah, he examined the players and he found many of them wanting. And that's why the roster is <laughs> I'm like going to be getting rid of completely transformed. You know? So, like, yeah, I mean, you could still say that. You could still say it's always the player's fault at the end of the day. Yeah. They're the ones that go out there on the ice and execute and own it. I mean, but, that's much more of a quote for like, hey, at the end of the season, we still sucked. And Baruby was the coach. Yeah. So guess what, Alex Petrangelo, you're walking or whatever, like he was potentially going to do anyways, you know? So, But like the only thing you can do between now and the postseason and the, you know, and the, and the playoffs to really dramatically change the whole team is fire the coach. That's the only recourse you ever have in season. Even mm-hmm. if you make a real blockbuster, I don't know who some of the top rental targets are. Uh, ben Sherat. Let's see if there's a, Trey you laugh, but it's true. Targets. Jeff Merrick says Ben Sherratt's the big, the big fish of oh, defensemen. Right. Oh, right, because of the, because uh, of the friggin' first round pick thing. Um, ben Sherratt, Tomas Hurdle. Let's say we go out and get Tomas Hurdle <laughs> and Philip. Bell of the ball. It'll still be like that's still not the as big a change as changing the whole coach, you know. So like, I just think. I think that's a it's a pretty silly argument to have. Like, I'm not saying go fire him right now, but I'm saying if if we stay mediocre to bad and you want a big change, then yeah, you gotta, you know? Hmm. I just don't I think it's non-negotiable if if you get to that point. But anyway, that's enough about the blues. It's uh it's a holiday season, Ian, and we've got a fight to have. <laughs> so uh we've got to talk about Thanksgiving. And more more importantly, we have to start by talking about Turkey. You've got a, a number of questions here, and I'll let mm-hmm. you answer I'll let you ask all of them. I think we're gonna agree on many of them. Okay. Okay. But the first one is the cornerstone issue, and it has caused a schism. Uh, similar to the schism of 1058 in the two guys, one cup group <laughs> chat with gift Jeff and uh, the enlightened one, Justin Horniker. Talk to <laughs> us, Ian, about your opinions on Turkey uh, in, in, um, in the Thanksgiving meal and how they're wrong. It was the schism of 1054, by the way. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry You're to the philosophers and the church historians out there. I apologize. Um, you know, and then, if you know, just as an aside, if you want to be part of the two guys, one cup uh, group chat, you know, it's only going to cost you like $500. We, and should your set, we should set up a discord for, for our, community we well, have one we, i'm pretty sure we have one well we have it for yeah we do have one for the uh, podcast if people want a discord demand it demand yeah. a discord if people want a patreon demand it just tweet us and demand to pay us yeah, and we'll look, listen we came to demands we came to most demands <laughs> if you hold a gun to our head and offer us money we might accept your money so <laughs> depends on how bad a mood we're in that day we might just take the gun <laughs> but, <laughs> this is ours um, i'm selling this especially if we're on live TV. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Ian. Okay. Go ahead and, okay. and say your piece. Okay. Turkey at Thanksgiving is not a must have. Mm-hmm. I get it. Wrong. It's the, it's the central bird of the feast. It's the thing people think about with Thanksgiving. I understand. It's like me saying Santa shouldn't be part of Christmas. I understand, but also that's true. Get them out of there. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Elf on the I, shelf for me. I don't even I don't even necessarily like hate turkey. I think I didn't like it a lot as a kid because 
it was always like dry and stuff or whatever. It was just very, I just remember chewing a lot of Turkey and being like, can I put this in the napkin and then throw the napkin away? Um, but since I've cooked Turkey the last couple of years, it's been a lot better. You spatchcock that thing. You like, you know, you break its back and all its bones and you just lay it flat. And then it takes a lot less time to cook and it's really good. It gets all crispy. But for the longest time, I've wanted a non-traditional Thanksgiving where I get to eat non-traditional Thanksgiving food because Thanksgiving food is just okay at best. At best, it's just okay. And it's not the food I'm eating. It's everyone's food. That's right. I've experienced everyone's food they've ever eaten and it's all just okay. Um, so I wanted different food this year. And so we're doing, we're doing short ribs, we're doing chicken thighs and there's going to be potatoes and stuff. It's not mashed potatoes. I'm not even against mashed potatoes, but I'm like, let's go, let's do it. Let's go. I've got people supporting me in my corner. I'm not even forcing this on nobody. You hear me? This is what people want. You're absolutely forcing this on people. No, right? no, no, no. You know what kind of you pirate? You know what kind of pirate? Take a guess. Take a, take a fucking guess. I'd take what guy? Key lime. Oh God, no, Stephen. For God's sake. I don't know. You're out. You've made a ton of terrible decisions already. Why would I write off that? Well, we're making rhubarb strawberry pie. That's oh right. my God. You're, That's right. It's together. We're you scoffed the- at key lime and you're bragging about rhubarb strawberry. We're oh marrying the flavors. They're coming all together. Listen, here's the thing about turkey. You specifically phrased this as a must-have, which was your Achilles heel, because of course it's a must-have. It doesn't have to be the only have, but of course it's a must-have. You can't just you can't just have burgers and and pizza on Thanksgiving. What's wrong with you? And yes, I will concede the point that done wrong, which it often is, it can be boring and dull and dry. I get that. I agree with that. But just have it there. And you know what? It's not even <laughs> for the day of. It's for the day after. If you can't have the leftover Thanksgiving sandwiches on Black Friday, you don't even deserve Black Friday. Oh, just go back to work, punch in on the time clock, tell the boss you ain't got a life, <laughs> and you're happy to work on that Black Friday. Because that's what it's going to be. I I feel strongly that we're going to agree on most of the rest of this point. But the, some traditions are traditions for a reason. And I'll, I'll tell you this, Ian. You may think all your volunteers are voluntary, but they're not. I, oh, no. I, they want this. No, they no, want no, no, this. No, no. They no, want you, this. You came to them and you said, would it be okay if we had, like, wings and and what was the other? Short ribs on yeah, Thanksgiving? Baby. And they felt too awkward to say, no, that wouldn't be okay. Because how are you supposed to say no to an invitation like that? Uh, you can't <laughs> tell people <laughs> what they're allowed the, to cook for you. Eat you this or no Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so uh, I will, These are Korean short ribs, Here's too, the thing. F America. Have ham have short ribs if you want have whatever you want but the thing the turkey has to be present it has we have to be turkey involved. it's on the napkins we bought there's turkey oh, on the napkins oh, we bought yeah it's almost it's almost i so like it even better because a big not, f you this yeah not only are you not having the turkey <laughs> you're just flaunting you're flaunting your non-conformity in the face of the greater turkeys <laughs> of the metro area i should have just bought I, happy birthday paper plates just to say fuck this holiday i'm the one with all the reverence for this holiday people forget about things you hate this they? holiday you I have no reverence holiday. for this holiday what you're literally there's only one thing about this holiday we eat turkey and you're casting aside the. you know what i'm gonna do when i get a house what are you gonna do instead are you gonna gonna put inflatable turkey on the front 
Are you going to list your grievances <laughs> instead of giving thanks? Is this going to be a, a festivist situation? You know, I really do. I really do want to just uh, freaking turkey fish people into fucking my Thanksgiving. I'm going to put turkeys everywhere. People are going to get their mouths ready. It's going to be like when you like sip a Sprite and you think it's milk or whatever. Uh-huh. You're like, oh, turkey time. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, guess what? It's freaking chicken fingers. Maybe. And they're like, God damn it. And I'm like, that's right. Uh, I could not adore, I could not disagree with this more fashionably. I don't get the hatred for turkey. I just the don't. turkey sandwiches thing sounds like what a mother would say. That's because <laughs> that's what, what my mother would say. I am a mother. Yeah, I am a mother. I have several small children, and if you can't accept that, you can't accept me. Uh, uh, I just I can't. Now ask your next question. She goes, move on, move on. Please do because we're going to start agreeing. I know okay. we are. Please, Is, please ask it. Okay, it's pumpkin pie I must have. No, it's terrible. Pumpkin yeah, pie it, is objectively it's a garbage pie. Terrible. It's not a pie. It's just slime. It's slime in a crust. <laughs> Why would you possibly eat that? What would possibly possess you to eat pumpkin, pumpkin pie quiche. when there's apple pie and rhubarb pie for the freaks mm. and uh, peach pie, I guess, and pecan pie, which is not my favorite, but so much better than apple pie. Who thinks of that? Or not apple pie. So much better than pumpkin pie. Excuse me. I just don't. I don't. I don't get pumpkin pie at all i don't if anyone all. ever serves that to me and they're like do you want whipped cream i'm like dude just put just like bury it fucking yeah. bury it in whipped cream because I, I gotta hide that flavor baby i don't want to i don't want whipped cream i don't want this set it all on fire <laughs> actually hand me the whip it hand me the whipped cream i'll do a whip it before we get started <laughs> then maybe i'll feel better about the whole thing and i love pumpkin pie and i love me <laughs> Um, I love pumpkin pie and I love whippets. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I yeah, I, people. I I don't mind pumpkin flavored baked goods. Like I've had pumpkin bread, really good. Uh-huh. I don't know what the diff quite is. I'm sure. I'm sure it's some other ingredients. But I don't um, really like pumpkin ugh. flavor much. Pumpkin beer, Any not a fan of pumpkin spice, not a fan. Yeah, I'm just not, I'm not a big pumpkin guy in general, but I'm definitely like pumpkin pie is the lowest on the list. Yeah, that's why I'll drink a thousand. I'll drink a thousand of those lattes before I eat a slice of pumpkin pie. Um, Stephen, do you know what sweet potato sweet potato casserole is? Uh I know it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's smushed sweet potatoes and marshmallows. It's just like it's just saccharin. It would I, be if, if if that was on Great British Bake Off, there would be like, this is delicious, but you can't have very much of it because it's mm. it's just too sweet. It gums up in your mouth. It gums <laughs> up the works. Oh, that's right. It's overworked. <laughs> <laughs> the flavor is there, but the texture's all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever noticed how like predictable uh Paul? feedback really is like he's got like seven phrases that he uses mm. it's a shame it's a shame about the decoration it's a shame about the flavors <laughs> or oh, yeah. or you know he'll do the other one where it's like it looks great but it tastes terrible <laughs> or vice versa tastes amazing looks a mess you know? oh, yeah. oh yeah but anyway uh no i don't i don't hate sweet potato casserole the same way i feel about pumpkin pie but i would never like seek it out Sweet sweet potato casserole is so sweet that I'm always like, dude, like my family makes it. I forget when they started making it a long time. We were like an aunt started making it and then everyone started making it. 
And like they serve it along with all the other food. And I was like, shouldn't this be like where the freaking dessert is? Because it's got like a hundred grams of sugar in every bite. That's fine. That's great. But people have it sitting there like right next to like regular potatoes. I'm like, don't trick someone. Don't trick yeah. someone into yeah. taking this and being like, this is just like all the other food. Cause it ain't. It's not, it's gross. I'm not, yeah, I'm, not I'm, I'm not a big fan. My quite, you know, quite honestly. Um, you know, Stephen, you, I mean, I I guess I know what your answer might be, but should the Thanksgiving meal be a lunchtime mid-afternoon meal or should it be in the evening? So um, this is probably the one I feel least strongly about mm. because everybody does their own thing and I don't care particularly. I will say my family does it usually around 4 or 5 p.m. Mm. But the thing is that you should know that flavors that answer a little bit. We typically are like late dinner people, like 7, maybe even a little later than that. So, like, technically that is an earlier meal for us. Mm. (laughs) So I guess in a weird way I lean a little more towards the afternoon side of things. But I I don't think it should be like lunch, lunch. I think it should be like mid afternoon at the earliest. I think that's where I normally I'm also land. just not enough of a morning person to cook a turkey for six hours before lunchtime. You know, that's right? It's your day off happen, and so. some poor person's gonna wake up at freaking 5 30 to start yeah. cooking shit. Yeah, I'll not have the audacity to come over and be like, why isn't this turkey? And you're like, <clears throat> you son of a bitch. <laughs> um yeah, I'm I'm more of like a mid-afternoon person because I think it also leaves room for you to like eat then like sleep or do whatever and then wake up and like any good American be like, what's for, what's for the next meal? And be like, yeah. Eat, eat more. That's and be fair. Like, just yeah. have some more. We leave it out. That's um, fair. I think we're doing it in the evening this year, but yeah, I, I tend to like it more like mid afternoon. Are you hosting or is this at your parents? No, I'm, I'm hosting. It's going to be and you're, and you're doing the cooking. Yeah. You're like, forcing this food on. <laughs> we're doing the cooking. How many people are you hosting? Uh, there'll be like eight of us. Eight, right. Yeah. Wow. Eight of us and four dogs. You're a real adult, and a yeah. real adult. It happened when I bought a, a washer and dryer many uh, years ago. I was like, wow, that's, I was happy for it, but I was also kind of like, this is a must. Yeah. And I was also like, what have I become? Yeah, I couldn't, I can't imagine living that laundromat, laundromat life at this time in my life <laughs> or shared washer dryers. I could, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I did that in college. That was my suffering for getting an education <laughs> that and the forty thousand dollars of debt which is less than that now because that's how debt works but it's smaller but uh yeah not about that life this is my debt this is how much i have and it will <laughs> decrease until i die yeah that's exactly right um, uh go ahead notice like can your food touch other food on the plate so I don't have like a phobia of that, which I feel like maybe you do (laughs) or you like feel strongly about it. I guess in an ideal world that would not, Mm -hmm. but also I just want like a whole bunch of crap on my plate. So I'm, I'm willing, I'm willing to let it happen, but I prefer it not happen. I'm, I'm more okay with it now. I think oddly enough, it's like the sweet potato casserole thing that gets me where I'm like, okay, these are all savory. And now you're now like all the sugary yeah. shit's touching all. I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want but that I, for sure. But I've gotten better even where like before kidney would be like, well, I don't want like cranberry sauce touching like the potatoes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that's not what it's supposed to do. And then I'll like manage to eat a bite and I'm like, ah, this is all non-offensive. So it tastes fine together. So <laughs> I've, I've gotten better about it, but yeah, I used to definitely be someone that was like, there's got to be like a little separation or is this thing like too juicy and now there's like juices going or whatever. 
Um, you could be like my my dad's dad, who apparently <coughs> would just like mix shit together. He would just like be like, oh, let's put it all in here, and then let's just no, like take a spoon. No. And I'm like, what? No, the? no, no, no. That's where you cross. That's a line. for farm that's, animals. That's where you cross a line for sure. Yeah. And don't put you put gravy on the stuff that the gravy belongs on. You don't just mm-hmm. put it on whatever you want. <laughs> I've seen some people do that where it's like gravy on the green bean casserole, gravy on the cranberries. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're killing good gravy. Yeah, I just, I'm not, I don't like that. Eat like you're supposed to eat. (laughs) Eat like a person would eat. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of which, do you move from food to food eating a little bit of everything? Or do you eat a portion of, you know, you take a food, you take like potatoes and eat all the potatoes. And then you go and eat like all your turkey. And then you go and eat, you go one by one by one. Or do you kind of like touch on everything as you go? Yeah, um, absolutely one by one. Absolutely. Yeah. Like that, that I do to a borderline like OCD level. Um, and always the entree last, gotta be the entree last. I don't know why, but it does. Um, today we did, so I can't remember if I mentioned this. Yeah, I guess I did. We did Thanksgiving with my family because my sister in law mm. works tomorrow. And I noticed myself doing a little bit of the former, the like move from food to food thing. And I was like, why are you doing this? This is <laughs> weird. Don't do this. Um, but typically yourself. it's very, very like ordered food mm-hmm. to food. I think I do a little bit of that too. Or like, I at least will identify like what my least favorite things are, what my favorite things are. <laughs> oh yeah. I, that's me. <laughs> and I swear I'd normally try and leave like my favorite things till the end. So long as they're not super like temperature dependent where I'm like, oh, this might get really cold or hot or something and that'll be gross. But otherwise, if I, okay, get the, get the first stuff out of the way. Oh man, especially even today, if I'm ever trying something and I'm, I like to think I'm pretty adventurous in eating, but there'll be a few things here and there I'll taste. I'm like, "Eh, I'm not a big fan of this. And rather than just not finish it, I'm like, okay, here we go. And I just like shove it off my mouth and I'm like, (laughs) that's over with next thing. Um, But yeah, I, I, I think I, I think I, I kind of dabble a little bit in both just depending on what's there. But I think especially for like Thanksgiving food, I don't know why I definitely tend to do more of the, like we're doing one thing at a time, one thing at a time. I got to clear more space. I can't have it just be full all over the place. I'll tell you where I'm most like OCD about it is if it's like finger food, if it's like a burger, if you got like a burger and fries or even a sandwich and fries or sandwich and chips or whatever, it is all of the fries before I touch my burger. It has to really? be. There's no other Interesting. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, I guess I know why is because I'm weird. But um, <laughs> I don't know. There's not like a tick. I wasn't like traumatized as a child by eating a burger. smacked you with a fry and they said. Yeah. <laughs> but that's first. just how it is. So, you know. Uh, I, feel, I feel like we covered Thanksgiving pretty well. Yeah. Apparently, I mean, Thanksgiving is all about weird, is all about just, you know, weird uh, things you hold true to yourself and you won't budge on, you know, that's the Thanksgiving way. You know what? I did find one thing I, I hope to God we can agree on that or this podcast is about to end. Oh um, look at this monstrosity from Utah, Ian, at the very bottom. Of oh, the yeah, I saw this. Cranberry and pickle pie, you go to hell. You go straight. You down. feel. I know you think you live in Zion or whatever, but you don't. You live in the <laughs> not Netherlands. with that. Um, That's that is from hell. Someone ever describes something like sour to you, and then like your mouth start, you know, your mouth starts to get like you start to salivate or whatever. You get like oh, that yeah. feeling. This I get that looking at this cranberry pickle like 
pie, but like in a way where my, my tongue or my brain is trying to like anticipate the flavor and it's like cranberry, got it. And it's like pickle, got it. It's like, okay, now both of them. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know what you're, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> like, it's just like, does not compute. I'm like, I, I don't think I have a, a, I've never tasted that. So there's no memory. It's like, uh, I don't know. It tastes like chocolate. I don't know. I got nothing. It's like, <laughs> I can't, I can't piece together what that would even taste like. Oh God. Why? No, like, I don't like it. It's not even a good look. Like it's not even like, these are just like, these are just like pickle slices on top of like a beet red pie. Yep. Yep. It's not okay. It's not okay. This is why you need alcohol. This is why you're supposed to drink alcohol. It clears it up a little bit and you go, oh, gross, you know, or drink caffeine or whatever it is you're not allowed to do as a Mormon, you know, have fun. This yeah. is their version of fun. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, that's messed up. I'll tell you this before we go. Jared Bedner is now apparently as of tonight, the winningest coach in Avs history. Not and better believe. And better yet, he never covered up for sexual assault that we know about. So, a double you know, plus. It's a real win-win situation. Uh, so, yeah, we've talked about hockey. We've talked about Thanksgiving. We've covered the whole thing. Um, how anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Um, you know, I am, I am thankful for our listeners. Thank you for listening. Thank you for allowing us into your homes and your ears and your car stereos and whatever other device you, whatever grand device you listen to us through, perhaps a, a phonograph um, <laughs> as, we, as we print these uh, on record. Yeah. Uh, but course. yeah, thank, thanks for listening. Have a good Thanksgiving. A happy Thanksgiving. Feast on whatever protein you think is correct. And turkey. Yes. Yeah. Whichever one. Um, right. We named the one. Yeah. <laughs> um, enjoy your friends and family, unless you don't like those people and don't enjoy them and enjoy yourself, not enjoying them. You enjoy whatever it is in your life that you enjoy. If I covered it enough, if you like Turkey, you like, you it. know, if you what? Don't like Turkey, you don't like it. What else you know can what? we say? Genuinely, genuinely people should enjoy what they enjoy. Don't invite me to a Thanksgiving dinner without Turkey. But if you want to have a turkey or Don't a turkey, turkey with Thanksgiving, um, if you want to have chicken tikka masala and um, Cheetos puffs, actually invite me to that Thanksgiving. That sounds dope. <laughs> but, uh, you know, whatever you want to do, just have have your day and enjoy it. Be thankful. We've got we've all got lots to be thankful for. Mm. We're thankful for all of you as corny as it sounds. So before we say anything more embarrassing, Ian, you want to get out of here? Yeah. You know what? Cause I mean, three years ago, I said, I was thankful for Mike Yo. Um, and you know, we're never going to let that as one embarrassing as it'll ever be. Ah, my Turkey dinner should be in question. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night. So what I believe you were trying to say is thank you. Thank you? You're welcome. What? No, no, no. I, I didn't. I wasn't. Why would I ever say <laughs> okay, that? I, okay. mean... <laughs> I see what's happening, yeah. You're face to face with greatness and it's strange. You don't even know how you feel. It's adorable. Well, it's nice to see that humans never change. Open your eyes. Let's begin. Yes, it's really me. It's Maui. Breathe it in. I know it's a lot, the hair, the bod, when you're staring at a demigod. What can I say except 
you're welcome for the tides, the sun, the sky. Hey, it's okay, it's okay, you're welcome. I'm just an ordinary demiguy. Hey, what has two thumbs and pulled up the sky? When you were waddling, yay, hide this guy. When the nights got cold, who stole you fire from down below? <laughs> Look at him, yo. Oh, also I lie.